Praise God. Well, hey, guys, as the bucket comes by your row, what an awesome testimony of God's goodness and His faithfulness. Uh, I want to tell you just a few things that are going on here at City Church. First of all, I wanted to let you know if you weren't here uh, Wednesday night for our big event, Go Big, uh, we had 22 young people take a step and make a fresh start with Jesus Wednesday night, uh, which is amazing. Um, we had uh, over, we had 114 people in the building. Uh, now, some of those were adults, and 28 of them were from another church who we invited to join us. But we still had uh, right around 65 students uh, from DeSoto County here Wednesday night, which is a significant jump up from our, from our normal attendance. But uh, man, the house was packed, and young people were fired up about God, and it was awesome. And uh, we're believing God just to carry out that momentum and, and to see, man, the, these kids be discipled, to see them be connected uh, to, to God, to his church. Uh, so let's give God a hand one more time for what he did Wednesday night. Come on. And it was such an incredible night to be a part of. Um, also, coming up November the 24th, we have our annual, what we call Mission OB Thanksgiving Outreach. Mission OB, if you're not familiar with it around here, um, it's the, the opportunity we have to get out of the church, out of these walls, and out into the community. We believe that God has called us to not just gather and, and bless each other, although, man, we, we are called to encourage each other and equip each other, but, man, we're supposed to come together to get to know Jesus, to become better, to bless our community. And so Proverbs 11, 11 we say it all the time, but it says, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. So we believe very firmly that Olive Branch should be better because God put a church here. And this is one of those opportunities for us to do that. Uh, and so Thanksgiving Mission OB looks like this. Uh, Monday night, we're going to turn this room into a massive little boutique. Uh, massive little, I just said that. Uh, we're going to turn this room into a, a boutique for us to give away tons and tons of clothes. Uh, we've been doing clothing drives uh, for what, three years now, and we've seen such a response for people who need clothing. So if you have gently used clothes that you need to get rid of, that you've outgrown or maybe shrunk out of if you're losing weight uh, or you just moved on from whatever, uh, man, bring those in over the next couple of weeks. We'd love to, to put those in the hands of people who need them. So that's going to be Monday night. Um, we'll be doing that. Also, simultaneously, we'll have teams going out, passing out Thanksgiving dinners. This is something we've done for, I don't know, five, six years now uh, since we've been in Olive Branch, passing out the Thanksgiving meals. Um, it's an awesome opportunity for us to, to bless people. So the way that you guys can help the church, we're going to provide um, all the sides. We do a, a whole set of side items, I think five, six sides for the Thanksgiving meals. And then we ask you to bring turkeys. Uh, so we're shooting for 50 turkeys, 50 Thanksgiving meals. Uh, so if you can bring a turkey, a couple turkeys, man, maybe your family says, hey, we're going to go big this year. We're going to do five. I think we've had people bring as many as 10 or 15, uh, one family in the past. So maybe you're competitive and you say, we're going to be the top family. I don't know. Uh, don't do it for that reason. Uh, but, but hey, if God speaks to you and leads you, uh, that's right, Leonard. Uh, so we, we want to really be a blessing to this community. So help us out with that. Go to Kroger, find the... It's 99 cent a pound or 79 cent a pound turkeys. And, uh, man, stock up. Bring those either that Sunday morning, November the 23rd, or you can bring them Monday night, the 24th. Um, make sure to be here by 6 o'clock with the turkeys uh, so that we have time to, to run get some if, if we don't have quite enough. Uh, so that's what's going on in November. Fantastic opportunity to, to step up and be a part of it. So uh, other thing is 
we want you not just to financially provide the clothes or financially provide the turkeys, but we want to give you a chance to actually see the impact that you're making. And so we'll have teams here uh, that are helping out with the clothing drive, passing out the clothes, getting to know people, praying with people. Um, and we'll also have teams that are out passing out the food. So uh, it's an awesome opportunity to see, you know what, maybe I'm not, maybe I don't feel like I'm that great of a Christian. Maybe I don't feel like I'm the qualified to preach or I'm qualified to, to really do a lot of stuff. Anybody can hand something out, and I promise you the impact that you make will, will blow your mind, the, the difference that it makes as you get out of your comfort zone, as you go see somebody who really needs what you've got to offer. Uh, so you can get signed up for either of those out at the Connection Center, um, which is right to your left as you go through the double doors on your way out. Um, make sure and get signed up for those if you plan on being a part of it so we know how many people to account for. And finally, also that Sunday, the 23rd, uh, we will have a setup. Uh, kind of miniature mission will be right after service, probably only take about an hour, but we'll stuff the Thanksgiving uh, dinner bags, we'll get all the clothes out, organized, ready to go, so that when we come in Monday night, uh, there's not a lot of prep work that needs to be done, we're ready, plus some people maybe can't be here Monday, but they can hang out Sunday after church, so keep those things in mind, those are your opportunities to serve. Uh, last thing I wanted to tell you before we get to uh, the exciting part of our service today, is we've got a brand new series starting next week. I know a lot of you have questions or maybe your friends, the people you work with have questions about heaven, hell, everything in between. So we're going to be doing a brand new series uh, for the next three weeks called What Happens to You When You Die? And we're going to be answering those questions. What does it look like? What do we experience? What happens when you die? And we've got a little bit of a promo video to show you a little bit more about the series. Go ahead and roll that video for us. All right, class, settle in. Today we begin our presentations on what happens when you die. Do we have any volunteers to go first? Grant, what a surprise. Studies show that when we die, the cells start receiving oxygen that then creates a pungent odor that is caused by... That'll be enough, Grant. Thanks. I'll get to see my grandma Alice and my fish Michael, my dog Casey. Oh, and my other dog Rebecca. Death, the only solace. Why don't you head on down to the guidance counselor? There will be marshmallows and rainbows, and everyone gets their own unicorn to ride. The Bible says that all the righteous will ascend to heaven, and all sinners will burn in the fiery pit. <laughs> oh, hi, Emma. Miss Blunt, what do you think happens when we die? Well, Emma, when we die, um, well, you see... We'll be here for that next Sunday, November 16th, and throughout the month of November. I'm very excited uh, to be answering those questions, and really, this is going to be a great, great evangelistic series. If you have friends who don't know Jesus, this is the series to bring them to, where we're really going to be answering and hitting head-on those questions about the afterlife, those questions about eternity. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be, I believe, very life-changing. So up here, you see um, a wonderful panel of people. As you know, we've been in our series called Ghost Stories. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've talked about many, many aspects of the Holy Spirit. And specifically, two weeks ago and three weeks ago, we really looked at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so when we did that, um, I really felt like, okay, hey, this series is called Ghost Stories. It's this not-so-spooky series about the Holy Spirit. 
I need to not just share my story, but I need to let you hear some other people from our church, some people that you know, that you love, that you go to lunch with, that you hang out with, you're in city group with, and let them share their story of how the baptism of the Holy Spirit impacted their life, how uh, he made a difference in them. If you don't know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, uh, basically uh, in Acts chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus' followers, and they're filled uh, with his spirit. They begin to speak in other tongues. Uh, they get supernatural giftings, and uh, most importantly, they get power to witness. And so all of a sudden, these, these cowards, these people who are terrified uh, of what somebody would think about them or what somebody would say about them, all of a sudden they go out and 3,000 people get saved in one day. Uh, there's this radical transformation uh, takes over them. And so we've seen uh, those transformations take place in many of us as well as we've taken this step. And so I want to let these guys share with you their story. I'll tell you what, if you'll pass the mic down, we'll start on the end. Uh, I'll let you tell everybody uh, your name and uh, who you are, and then just take uh, three, four, five minutes and kind of tell us your story um, about getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is Kenneth. Yes, this is Kenneth. <laughs> Works. Um, a lot of years ago, 20 roughly, uh, I was uh, in the military at the time. I had uh, gotten saved as a, uh, as a child. But I got saved basically as a result of uh, you You don't want to go to hell. That's why you get saved. I never knew anything about a personal relationship with Christ. I never knew that there was a, there was a uh, wholesome loving uh, side of that, uh, a restoring, healing side of that. Uh, it was just fire insurance, and that was all. So um, uh, fast forward years later, I'm attending a church in uh, Texas. Uh, thousand people on a Sunday morning, a big church. And uh, as just almost like a periodic event, every couple of three, four weeks or something, the pastor would say, does anybody want to come and receive the Holy Spirit? And uh, I didn't think anything of it so much. Uh, and uh, so I would feel the, feel the pull on my heart uh, to, you want to you wanna take that next step, if you will, because uh, receiving salvation is like the entry level, and then uh, a baptism in the Holy Spirit is, uh, in a way, uh, now you're a full member, so to speak. You, uh, you receive uh, direct uh, uh, power and enlightenment from uh, the living God uh, in situations that you, uh, you, you can't discern on your own. So uh, I was scared. And it was real. It was made real easy for me because, like I said, we got a thousand member congregation, and uh, he would ask this: fifty people would go up there. So it's easy to kind of ease in with the crowd and not be the one guy who walks up there. So um, you know, I just ease in with the crowd. Pastors going down the line, as you've probably seen on television in big churches, and he's laying hands on people, and people are dropping, and I'm looking, and it's like a wave coming this way, and I'm looking out the corner of my face at him, walking down this line of people. Two or three are hitting the floor. Some of them don't fall. I'm confused. <laughs> He's going to get to me. I know it. And then what am I going to do? And I was scared because it's beautiful and it's wholesome, but it's new. And you don't know what this is. And he gets to me, and I'll never forget it. He put his hands on my head. And he just laughed, and he kept going, and nothing happened. <laughs> he knew I wasn't ready. I was scared. 
And the Holy Ghost and the living God will never put anything on you that you're, if you're scared and you're not ready. So fast forward two, three weeks later, I was ready. He hit me, and I hit the floor. And it's not always going to be that way. It's not going to be uh, an event, I guess, for everyone. Uh, I feel like probably uh, I got a thicker skull than most, so the Holy Spirit had to hit me a little harder than most people. <laughs> so um, uh, I'll never forget, uh, this is a big, huge auditorium, tall ceilings. I'm, I'm out on the floor, and I'm thinking to myself, why are there fans right above me? I'm laying on the ground. I shouldn't be that close to the ceiling to where the fans would, uh, that I would hear them. And um, there was no fans in the building. It was absolutely just uh, the, the wind of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But there it was. And I was never the same. And I was never, I never viewed things. I woke up with a whole new enlightenment, uh, with a whole new vision, with a whole new oneness with the living God that I'd never known before. And suddenly it was no longer I got saved for fire insurance. It was I got saved because uh, the, the living God sent his son uh, to, uh, to uh, not just save us, but uh, for us to live uh, successfully in our servitude toward him. So uh, it's going to be different for everybody. And uh, want it. Amen. Let's give it up for Kenneth. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, before we move on to, to the next one, uh, I did want to tell you this just for some scriptural foundation for what we're doing today. Revelation twelve eleven says, They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And so today um, we're, we're kind of not doing the sermon. We're not doing the preaching thing that we normally do, and we will get back to that next week, I promise. And I'm pumped up to, to get to preach on the afterlife. Uh, but today we're overcoming by the word of our testimony, Revelation 12, 11. Um, and we, after we kind of all share our stories or after this panel shares their stories, uh, we're going to make it possible for you to send in um, some questions. And actually throughout their stories, if you want to text in questions, we're going to do some Q&A at the end and just kind of answer any questions you might have about the Holy Spirit, about uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, maybe some things you've seen before that were weird or scary or things that you've seen or maybe things that you've heard man, why this is wrong, any questions you might have scripturally, uh, questions you might just have uh, of your own, things you're dealing with, wrestling with in relation to the Holy Spirit, we'd love to have those questions. So we're going to leave this phone number up uh, throughout our service. It's 662-404-2489. So feel free to text in any questions you might have, uh, and we'll do some Q&A uh, at the end, 662-404-2489. So Naomi, overcome with the, the word of your testimony. Tell us a little bit about your story. Praise God, I'm here today, um, well and healthy. <laughs> um, I actually got saved when I was three, um, and I know that sounds strange to a lot of people. How can a three-year-old get saved? God obviously knew that I needed to be uh, because I had very abusive parents and a very abusive life, and um, my father was actually the person that led me to Christ. Um, and every year we had, uh, we had eight kids in our family and every year, uh, my parents would rejoice in, uh, church camp season. They could all send us somewhere and we'd disappear for a couple weeks. Uh, and somehow, you know, God provided the money for somebody to pay for us to go. So it was awesome. Um, I was in Montana 
and at a beautiful cabin-like setting. Every morning we'd wake up and see deer, you know, so it was beautiful. Uh, One night we came back from our normal meeting, and I was seven years old, seven or nine, I can't remember, Um, and the teacher or our cabin leader asked who wanted to receive the Holy Spirit. And um, I I said, well, I'll go ahead and do that, you know, it sounds like a good idea. Um, Believe it or not, Christ and I were always very close from the time I was three until I was seven. And um, so I said, well, I'll do it, not having a clue what that really meant. Um, I did know, but I did know. Um, And uh, he just came on me and cleansed me of things that I needed cleansed of. Um, And it it was literally two to three hours of just cleansing and clearing out things that seven-year-olds shouldn't have to deal with. So um, then I received um, speaking in tongues, which was crazy, you know, because you're seven. What are you going to do with that? But (laughs) apparently I needed it. Um, And uh, so, and all the other girls were asleep by this time. They thought that I was crazy, I'm sure. But um, I think God placed that teacher and me in that time for that reason. And um, I don't regret it. It was a very emotional experience for me. It's not that way for everybody. Um, It was a very spiritual experience for me. Sometimes it's just quiet. It was not quiet for me. Um, But I think he just had to clean house before he moved in 100%. And um, it's it's a wonderful, powerful wholeness that um, is a healing experience, and it's it's essential to being a Christian and being powerful and getting up here and talking when you're sick. So... (laughs) That's all. <laughs> awesome. One thing that you notice from both Kenneth and Naomi's story is uh, each of them got saved at, at a certain time before this experience. What we believe is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from salvation. So if you're a Christian today, we believe the Holy Spirit lives in you. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the seal of your salvation. We've talked about this a lot through the series, but just to make sure nobody gets the wrong idea or the wrong impression, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit's already in you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a, is a second experience where uh, the Holy Spirit comes on you and empowers you uh, with giftings and, and to witness specifically. Um, and so I just want to make sure that, we, that that's clear to everybody. Next up. Hi, I'm Leonard Cochran. I feel like an AA meeting here. I was going to say, hi, I'm Leonard Cochran, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, but I thought that somebody might be offended, so I didn't. But I am. So at any rate, um, so I, I, I grew up in the church, and back in the day when you had wooden pews, so I literally cut my teeth on the pews. Uh, amazing. But anyways, yeah, putting your mouth on the back of the pew. Um, but uh, it, with me... Uh, and, and I was, I too was uh, a Christian at a young age and, and walked with the Lord. And I came from a family that was in the church every time the doors were open and so on. Uh, and a little like PT, you know, I grew up in a church where it was a spirit-filled church, you know. Uh, and so seeing people speak in tongues and falling on the floor and raising hands and doing all that was never abnormal to me. That was normal behavior. Um, and then through my walk as uh, through the years, uh, I did attend a church that was very different, and it bred a lot of insecurity in my salvation, uh, where it, it, the, the fire insurance became a necessity to me, I guess. And I began to really question my salvation. Uh, and so uh, I encountered a friend 
when I was going into my senior year in high school that had a sincere, true relationship with God. And it challenged me because just something unique about that relationship and the way she carried herself and her confidence in what she had done. And so uh, I began to read through the Gospels and, and reacquaint myself with, with who Christ was. And it was a time that, you know, the, the book of John in particular just came alive to me like it never had before. And I'd read, you know, read a lot of scriptures throughout the off and on and whatnot, but this time it really came alive to me. Uh, and so my story is, is really a simple one. You know, it was a, just a normal church service. I stood so far back in the back, left-hand side. If you were on the altar looking back, uh, you know, I, I can tell you roughly where I was. Couldn't tell you a thing that happened in the service. It was just a normal service. We prayed after service or before service. Don't know when it was. Um, but I began to pray in tongues as we prayed at that day. And it was just an act of my own faith and will and desire that I did that. There was no big cloud burst or fall from the sky, nobody falling over, nobody rolling in the aisles, nothing exciting happening, but just a prayer. And uh, I even initially questioned the reality of what I was doing. You know, was this jabber, jabberish, gibberish, uh, making any sense or doing anything, or was it not? Um, but the longer I prayed, I began to feel the presence of God come and, and fill me and overflow me. And uh, it really, you know, uh, and Naomi mentioning about the cleansing, you know, um, that is from a personal benefit of it, I think, is one of the beauties of being filled. Is it, and as she said that, it just brought back the number of times I recall, and I know I'm getting ahead of my story. Uh, but nonetheless, at that point when I was filled, uh, I no longer questioned my salvation. And that was huge because it's really good to know and understand that God loves us. And when we pursue him, he's never going to turn from us. And some of the church background that I had attended a few years implied very much that if I did one thing wrong, I was out. And uh, so it gave me that assurance and a peace uh, that I'd never had uh, and, and have never lost since. Awesome. Great, yeah. Next up. Are you going to say anything else first? No. Okay. Why don't you take it from here? Okay, so I was told we were just going to come up here and listen to you guys. I'm just here for support. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so... Kim's a prayer partner. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, PT asked me, um, well, how do you feel about, you know, getting on stage to do this and talk about your experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I was like, well, you know, I don't... What did I say? I don't, I don't really know all the stuff, but I can just kind of <laughs> tell you what happened to me. But let me... I'll, maybe, you know. And so I did pray about it, and um, it was just two days ago. I'd prayed, and I said, okay, God, I know Sunday's coming, so if I'm supposed to do this, then just let me know that that's what I'm supposed to do. And then my phone rings, and it's PT. And he's like, hey, how's it going? We're just chatting it up a minute. And then he's like, so what do you think about Sunday getting up on the panel for that? I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So talking about um, when I first had salvation um, was in the 70s. Yes, it's not a myth. You can be saved in the 70s. Um, so I was like seven years old. Um, I was in a, you a can little... You do the math. Yeah. 
I'm 27 now. I'm just kidding. Okay, so I was in a little, um, it wasn't really a country church, but it was a, a small Southern Baptist church. And um, I, I knew about the Trinity, but I didn't really know about the Holy Spirit, you know, fully of what it really was about. So, you know, I knew God and Jesus, and Jesus was in my heart, and it was just awesome. And, and I just, I never really just witnessed to people. Um, I just I just knew Jesus, okay? And so then in my 20s, I think I was 26, so that was just last year, right? Um, I, had a, I had a major, like, breakdown. Like, I was, I literally was on the floor crying because of something that was going on in my personal life. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not saved, what's going on? And so I, um, I was just crying and just praying. And then I talked to my mom that night and, and, and asked her, I was like, well, was I not really saved when I was seven? And she says, you were saved when you were seven. You were just rededicating. You know, you were just, you know, this is, this is real. It's okay, you're saved. And I was like, okay, talking about, you know, insurance. So then um, I married Tim later on. And, um, you know, it had been me and my child for so long, and we were just, you know, connected at the hip, or like uh, I told the girls earlier, we were peanuts and butter, or <laughs> peanut butter, I don't know. Anyway, so she was like my rock, getting through a lot of things I had to get through at that time. I just put all my power, all my love, all my everything on my child, okay? Well, we started going to, Tim and I were raised from different backgrounds, different church backgrounds, and uh, we decided we were going to start going to church together, and so we ended up at Church on the Horizon, um, which was down in South Haven, right? Which is now City Church. Which is now know. City Church. Um, and so this was back in 2007, in October of 2007, and uh, one of my friends that had been there the week before had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and she told me about it that week, and she was like, this is, this is what we did, this is what happened, this is, and I was just like, whoa, that's crazy. I just couldn't imagine that what the baptism of the Holy Spirit really was. They were speaking in tongues. They were, they were just crying. They were, it was just crazy. I was like, what, what? And she was like, you've got to be open to this. You've got to think about it. Just think about it. And so I thought about it. Tim and I both talked about it that week. And then that next Sunday, which was October 21st, 2007, um, after, after service, I mean, he had been teaching us about the Holy Spirit. It was a series just like this. And uh, he said, okay, so anybody that wants to come down, you know, it was probably 200 people church, so maybe 50 people were down there to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so Tim and I both were like, okay, you want to go? I think so. Okay, let's go. So we went down there. And then um, it was just, I cannot even explain all the details except that um, Tim and I were there together. And there were three people around me, two ladies that I love dearly, and a, um, a man that was one of our elders actually at the time. And we were just, everybody was just praying, and they just had their hands laying on me, and just, I don't know, just, it was so powerful, and I was just crying, and I was just, just boo-hooing, and I was thinking, oh, I just need a tissue, you know, I mean, my nose is running, and these people are just, I mean, it was just weird, I was like, why is this happening, and then I was kind of looking over, where's, where's Tim, you know, where's, where's Tim, is he close to me, I was worried about if he was, you know, with me on this, and then at that point, um, the elder of our church at that time that was praying with me, he said, okay, you're holding something back. Think about it. What are you holding back? You have to have faith in this. This is between you and God. You're not in control of this. He said, I'm going to hold out my hand, and I want you to take whatever's holding you back in your heart, and you need to put it in my hand. 
And so I just started crying. And um, what I was holding back was, um, you know, my child, for one. I had been the controller and the protector, and I needed to give her to God, you know, let God do all that. And then my husband, where was my husband? Where did Tim go, you know? I was like, where is he? And I was thinking, okay, you know, he can do this. He's a grown man. Um, <laughs> he was like he was like 30, I don't know. But anyway, so, um, so right when I finally let that go, and the two ladies beside me were helping me hold my hands and just, you know, kind of like Moses with the whole, okay. Anyway. So um, they were holding my hands up, and, and I was, my arms were getting tired, but it was like I, I took my hands, and, and I just literally put them in uh, the elder's hands, and I just gave him, you know, the control and everything. And then I was just crying like a baby, and then, it happened to me. I got this, this heat was just going through my body like, like, like I got this big sweat or something. It was just heat, and I had chill bumps. They call them Holy Spirit chill bumps, and I was doing some kind of talking. I couldn't tell you what it was, but I was doing it, and then I was like, well, where's Tim? Where's Tim? You know, um, it was like, I don't know how many seconds we were into that, and uh, so the lady beside me turned me a little bit and to where I could see Tim, and she says, well, there's Tim right there, and he's doing the same thing you are, and he had a couple of the elders and uh, pastors and stuff praying over him, and he was doing the same thing, and I was so relieved that we were in it together. We were walking through it together. We were baptizing the Holy Spirit together, and then I just, it just like poured all over me, and I just kept on, and it was just amazing. We were just crying, and it was just I cannot even explain it. That's just what happened to me. I didn't fall out or nothing. I didn't, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it was. I mean, it was amazing. So be open to it. Awesome. Like what Kenneth said. Praise God. You, you can hold it. Um, I got a, a couple questions that have already been sent in. Uh, let's start with this one, Kim. We'll, we'll start with you. Kim, we'll start with you. Uh, tell us about a time since your experience where you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Tell us about a time where you, this came in handy, where you were grateful. Man, I'm so glad that, that I had this gift. I'm so glad that I've had this experience. What's a time where, man, you, were, you can look back on and say, hey, man, I knew that I, was, I needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit that a, day. A time or like, you know, kind of a okay, Or a situation. situation, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so Tim and I started being leaders in the youth group um, after that, and uh, we had all these mission trips we were going to go on, and, and, I mean, had I not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I don't think I could have been available to uh, pray with some of the other students that were receiving the Holy Spirit. And um, it, it, it just equipped me for ministry, for, for, you know, leading other people. Like, for example, we were in uh, Atlanta, and the first time one of the students really needed somebody to pray with them, and they were like, come on, come on, Miss Kim, and I'm like, you know, and so I was involved in it. I was on the other side of it that time. And so that was the first time I ever got to do that. And it was amazing. And then the next mission trip, we were in Dallas and everybody had just left the room and me and one of our students was standing beside me. And all of a sudden he fell out in the floor and hit his head on the wall. And this was not the Holy Spirit. And it was not the Holy Spirit. It was like, what just happened? And everybody had just left the room and I'm an ICU nurse. And I was like, Oh, no, what do I do, you know? So, I mean, there were no monitors, no medicine, no doctors, no nothing, you know. So I literally just got on my hands and knees and was checking his pulse, looking at his pupils, just checking him over and just closing my eyes and then just praying to the whole, you know, with the spirit, just what I do, what I do. Next thing you know, PT's got the phone calling 911, the ambulance is coming, and we get to the hospital, and I'd had some kind of view of that hospital the night before, and I was like, what is that over there? And I just have, like, these things, like a, not a sixth sense, it's really the 
the Holy Spirit. And then we were at that exact same hospital. I don't know, it's crazy. Then we went to New York, and we were in Harlem, and we had this crazy experience in Harlem where there was um, a parade, and then there were some uh, different types of religions and non-religions there that were really, really bearing down on us hard. Like they had a video camera in my face asking me stuff that was, um, you know, you, you had to be able to know scripture to fight this. And I didn't really know a lot of scripture. You know, I knew John 3.16 in like third grade. But um, I, I, don't, I don't know. It was just, I just started praying out loud and God just, I mean, like this one tall guy, he was probably a 1,000 feet tall. I don't know, he's like seven feet tall, walking across the street. And Tim was, like, worried that he was fixing to come over there because he, like, punched this car and stuff. And we were there with our students. And um, I'm sorry I'm going along, but this is good. And then uh, <laughs> and then Tim, Welcome I could see world. I could see Tim getting kind of nervous, like, oh, no, I'm fixing to have to fight this dude. And then when I was praying out loud, I was like, God, please just, just – fix this, take this away, don't let this, you know, and the next thing you know, that guy just like turns and walks the other way, and we thought this guy was fixing to literally come over there and like start hitting on us and our students, and then I can remember Luke Ponce, uh, when we were talking to the guy with the camera, he goes, Miss Kim, you impressed me, because <laughs> of what I was saying, I don't even know what I was saying, I was talking about Jesus, I was like, well, this is what Jesus says, this is the way it is, and, and I'm not in, or I wasn't in scripture all the time, I wasn't in the word. Now I am, and I'm ministering to people I don't even know I'm ministering to. And it's so cool. So cool people you've prayed for forever. And they're in church, and they're saved, and they got baptized recently. And just, you know, it's just awesome. And I need to stop. You're good. That's awesome. Praise God. So, we just go back down the line with that same question. What's the time since you got baptized in the Holy Spirit where you were very grateful or where it really came in handy for you? Sure. Um, I don't have as dramatic of a story as uh, Kim does. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I think one of, the, one of the things that's been most value to me is just to um, exercise that prayer language on a regular basis. Uh, and, and it's hard to explain, but, I mean, it's, it's something that does lift me up and, and make me feel uh, stronger, uh, and, and kind of goes back to that whole assurance of salvation thing. Not that I'm any longer insecure in my salvation, but it reaffirms uh, it, who I am in Christ, and it just gives that internal assurance as opposed to just simply reading the words on the, the sheets of the Bible pages. Uh, it really uh, helps grasp it within me. Um, and so being... Have, doing that often, uh, and then for me, it's I, I leverage it uh, in times of prayer and praying for other people, and God's used it to, uh, as I prayed in the English language, you know, that I can, God just gives the words to say where it ministers to the person that I'm praying for, whether it's a revelation of something going on in their life that I shouldn't know personally and different things like that. Uh, so for me, it's not as dramatic sounding but it it really is meaningful to me uh, in that way and and one thing i'll throw real quick since kim went long uh, <laughs> you know uh, uh, it, in thinking about the the scripture that talks about receiving power to be a witness uh it really occurred to me and this is just a couple of weeks ago when uh, pt went over that verse um you know looking at my own life uh, i can't say that i've run around being evangelistic you know, I can't say that I've been like the Apostle Paul and 3,000 people have come to the Lord. But what I can say 
is I have people in my life that know and come to me knowing that I'm a Christian and I've not had to tell them. And so that is the power of the Holy Spirit within me. It's not something I have done, but people have been drawn without me having to tell them. And so when we hear that word witness, if you're like me, don't get hung up on what witness means. Witness is just simply a reflection of Christ. And so people can see that whether you're vocal or whether you're not, and, and God's going to use you and your personality the way you are. That's awesome. Very cool. Just to add to what Leonard just said right there, you know, Acts 1-8 is the verse he's referring to, and it says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Um, and so it's not you will witness. It's not so much that witness is something that you do. Witness is becomes who you are. It's a be. It's a state of being. And so that's, that's exactly what you're describing, is you are his witness, and people are seeing that in you, and they're attracted to that in you, and that's freaking awesome. Um, so, yes. very, very cool. Uh, next up. Kind of to piggyback off of what Leonard and Troy are saying, um, one of the hardest witnesses you can be is to your husband. Um, Hands up to anybody Amen. who loves broken men. Yeah, that was me. Um, you're broken. Okay, I'll get married to you. You know, not that it wasn't God's <laughs> will, but it was really broken. <laughs> um, and um, I spent a lot of time praying in the Spirit, so He would receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't know what that was. I mean, our first church was literally, no offense to Pentecostal people, Pentecostal church. That's where He took me. I appreciate that He took me to church. But we had to sit separately from each other at dinner. I had to serve Him. Um, every week I wore pretty much the same dress because I was poor and makeup, and every week they told me, you really need to get saved. So this is where his spiritual leadership was. Um, but continually praying in the Spirit helped bring him to the place he is today um, and, and who he is today, the actual spiritual leader and head who is capable of leading spiritually. Um, so it it that was the... The main, you know, focus of that, and, and I'm so grateful to Holy Spirit for giving me um, the strength to continue to pray and the, um, you know, the strength to continue to love, and, um, you know, God bless broken men. So, uh, and also, <laughs> he's not broken anymore. Uh, also, um, I can say that it also helped me. I said, you know, I received the Holy Spirit when I was seven, um, you know, God knows what's going to happen in your life. And uh, at 16, I was kicked out of my house with my two sisters and my two stepbrothers and ended up um, getting involved with some people who use spirituality as a manipulation tool. And had I not had the Holy Spirit and discernment, I would have continued down the road of church on the sand and a false prophet who called herself a prophet and tried to, you know, take over a church. And I lived with her. And so long story short, um, it keeps you not blind. It, it helps you see things that Satan would rather you not see. And um, I had I not been filled with the Holy Spirit at 16, I would not have known to see some of the things um, and be able to heal through, you know, not having a family and, you know, that whole thing and doing my own thing when I was 18. So um, if your husband's broken, continue to pray in the Spirit. That's all I got to say. Uh, God knows what you need. He sees your husband. If you have somebody in your family who isn't uh, saved or isn't with the Lord or um, continues to do drugs or whatever, um, pray in the Spirit for them because you don't know what's going on today 
But he can send all kinds of angels. He can send all kinds of stuff that you are not aware of and just takes you praying. That's it. Just you. So um, it's powerful and uh, it obviously brings fruit. Praise God. From a uh, uh, earthly standpoint, I would say it is uh, seemingly absurd discernment. That's the that's the number one thing I have uh, utilized uh, in interacting with people, coming across a lot of people in in a week and uh, in life. Being able to uh, you don't you don't have time to establish long lasting relationships, so. You're kind of uh, you're kind of swinging in for a moment, so you don't have time for the pleasantries and the formalities to get to know people. So, uh, a person will approach, I'll see them, and the Holy Spirit will reveal something. Uh, people uh, will will uh, I will see them, and they will say, uh, "Hey, what's up?" And it's a normal routine event, a daily business transaction here, and I will. Have it's never the Holy Spirit will never reveal anything about someone to you uh, for any negative reason. It will always be to build up, strengthen, and edify that person. Amen. You are you are merely the vessel He's working through in the moment. That's what's going on. So don't fear it. Um, a lady one time is the first one because the question came up. So the first one that uh, hit was uh, this woman. She uh, sat down at the table, and uh, I said, uh, you're in a music ministry, uh, yes? And she said, man, to say saw a ghost look on her face doesn't even say it, because it just was, we haven't even spoke yet. You're in a music ministry, and uh, you're discouraged right now, and you're running from it. And she just looked stunned. And just looked around like somebody else was watching. And she says, yeah, yeah, I'm tired of it. I want to live for me. I'm tired of my family, and I'm ready to just, I'm done. I said, who is, uh, who are you receiving uh, this counsel from? Is this, is, you know, this is not the living God. And she's like, uh, and she was immediately convicted. And I said to her, I said, there's, uh, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, fault or shame in this. You recognize and you turn and uh, embrace the living God and uh, and move forward in this. I'm glad from uh, my uh, my point of business. I never saw her again, so I hope that uh, she uh, <laughs> she uh, got it together. I can't tell you how many times, countless times, run across people in situations, and the Holy Spirit will be uh, an event over there. Pray for that. Uh, that guy standing right there, distract him for a minute. Uh, negative events are going to befall these people. Pray for somebody at the light, at the stoplight. That car right there, uh, those people in it uh, are in danger a mile down the road. Pray for them. Okay. Run interference for these people over here. Okay. It's excellent. It is excellent, and it is behind the scenes, and it is absolute spiritual warfare you have to have communication it's like uh it's like troops and they're not connected to the unit they don't get information they're on their own you have to have continuous information from the living god in order to 
effectively uh, work in your Christian life. That's, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I've got quite a few good questions that have come in, so um, on these, just for the sake of time so we can get to all of them, I'm probably just going to have one or two of you answer each of them, and, uh, unless we need to go more in-depth. Um, let's start with this. Um, is it possible... Well, no, let's start with this one. Speaking in tongues, uh, not real, real clear what this is. People say this is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Please explain. Leonard, do you want to take that one? Just kind of explain what speaking in tongues is. Sure. And certainly, if you differ, express it. Uh, and, and this is one thing PT and I talked about prior to this. You know, uh, each statement, I, I'll, I will give a disclaimer. Uh, each <laughs> statement you hear is the individual speaker's alone. Uh, you, because there's, views expressed are not necessarily those of Exactly. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> as you can see, or as you are probably well aware, if you've heard or spoken about the Holy Spirit much at all, that uh, not only are our experiences different, but people's perceptions and beliefs can vary. Even though we have the Word of God to stand on, people still interpret differently. And so we're all encouraged, you know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So you discern and seek God, and he'll reveal uh, the truth to you. Uh, that being said, uh, for me, uh, the speaking in tongues, I, I'd heard it best said by a friend of me, and this is where I stand in my belief with it, it is simply an act of faith. Uh, I know many people, uh, when they pray, get excited and the tongue flows easily and it's gibberish jabberish and it comes out and it flows. Well, I can tell you in my own personal life, there's been plenty of times where it's flowed and flowed easily. But I can also tell you there's been plenty of times in my personal life where I've played, prayed in the English language and it's been crackers. You know, it's bounced off the ceiling and gone nowhere. So whether I pray in English or in tongue, I've had the same experience. There have been times I prayed in English and I knew God was there and moving. There have been times where I've prayed in, in, the, in tongues and I knew God was moving and vice versa, where it's been not so uh, sure that God was hearing me, but it's an act of faith. So that's where I stand with that. Totally disagree. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> And I'm good with that. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. Um, Probably the simplest way just to summarize it is uh, uh, tongues is going to be a a separate language from the natural languages you know. Maybe you know something besides English. Uh, It's not going to be Spanish or French or whatever other languages you know. Um, It's going to be a a language from God. And that may be an earthly language that you're not aware of. It might be a heavenly language. It might be a language that's unique just to you. Um, I'm not sure that... Scripture limits it to, to any of those specific methods. Um, but it, it's a language that, that God, upon the baptism of the Holy Spirit, deposits in you that you have the option to access uh, going forward. So any of us on stage right now, um, we could choose to speak in tongues right now. That, that's our decision. It's not God doesn't grab your tongue and move it when you're going to speak in tongues. You're not being possessed um, that's not the Holy Spirit that does that. That's other spirits. Um, but the Holy Spirit gives you a language and gives you the, the ability to, to access it. Um, and so scripturally, we're told not to speak in tongues in a service without an interpreter. And so we could demonstrate for you right now, um, but we're not going to because we believe that would maybe cause more confusion than benefit. Um, but that's uh, what what a what it means to speak in tongues. And what the Bible says about it, real very quickly, 1 Corinthians 14, says that he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. Edify means to build up. 
Uh, and so when you speak in tongues, you're, you're strengthening yourself. You're making yourself stronger. And so to answer the, the previous question, what's a time when you were grateful that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I'll give you a really quick example from my life. We were in Los Angeles on a mission trip, and uh, we were going to go do homeless ministry at night on Skid Row. There's a, a small area down there that where about 8,000 homeless people live. And so the ministry we were with, they gave us kind of a, a pep talk ahead of time, and the pep talk scared everybody to death. Uh, and we found out that we could be in the middle of a heroin deal, and if a bottle breaks, that means get out of there. And, and so I've got these 14, 15, 16-year-old girls who are peeing themselves. Uh, and, and we're about to go to this outreach. Uh, and so in the van on the way over there, I was like, okay, guys, we're going to pray in the Spirit. Um, because praying in the Spirit builds us up. And right now, your faith is low. Your confidence is low. Your boldness is low. You're terrified. And so we just spent, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, however long the, the van ride was, just praying in the Spirit. And, and we had walked these students through the baptism of the Holy Spirit before they went on the trip. And so it was kind of very fresh and very new. Um, and I'm not going to say we got there and they were like bouncing out of the van, like ready to lay hands on people. Uh, but they were confident. They were calm. They were ready to go out and be used by God. Whereas before that, they were ready to get back on the plane back to mommy. Uh, and, and so um, that was one time I was super grateful because I saw the, the building up of their spirit, that, that they were able to strengthen themselves. And so for me, it's, it's when I know I'm going into a situation that I'm, wor- I'm worried about. I'm scared about that. I don't know how to handle. That's when praying God's perfect will through the the gift of tongues. It comes in so. I'm, I'm so grateful that I have that capability. Um, next question here, uh, kind of along the same lines. Is it possible to lose the gift of speaking in tongues? What would you guys say? Anybody? Okay, uh, Naomi, expand on that for us. Uh, when I was 18, I decided um, God. You know, my parents gave me up. I live with these other people. Uh, I'm mad because you told me I was going to get something and I didn't. So I'm just going to go do my own thing. Uh, you know, I know you're still there and I appreciate you being there, your pal, but I need to do my own thing. So I spent a year um, smoking pot and drinking and moving from house to house and not having a job. Sometimes I wonder how I ate. Anyway, because uh, <laughs> I had nothing. Um, and uh, I got to the point where I was done with that. I mean, I just had reached a point where, you know, I can't do this anymore. Um, I had depleted all of the spiritual buildup that I had and was really, really at a point of lowness. And I actually uh, thought about committing suicide and killing myself. And um, my spirit cried out. And I hadn't prayed in the spirit in years. And it came just like that. So the answer to that is no. You don't lose it. Uh, You cannot use it. And it is just like a muscle. You have to work it out. You have to keep on using it, and it gets stronger and stronger. Uh, but no, it does not go away. You can stop using it, and you can walk away from Jesus, uh, but it does not stop. I completely validate what she just said. In, in my understanding of Scripture and, and personal experience, um, it can definitely go dormant because you don't use it because you've neglected it. Um, you know, Paul tells Timothy, stir up the gift that was placed in you by the laying on of hands. And so if, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the past, and you've spoken in tongues in the past, and now you don't slash can't, um, I'd encourage you to stir up that gift. Uh, maybe for you that's a one-on-one thing, maybe or just you and God. Maybe for you that means you need to surround yourself with some people like this and say, hey, I've, 
I, I'm not walking in this gift anymore, and, and I need to stir it up. Would you lay hands on me and pray for me? Would, would you uh, help me to, to access that once again? I believe that it's in there. Um, I, I believe, you know, the, the callings of God are without uh, revoke. Uh, and so once God placed that gift in you, it's there. But through experience, through circumstance, through neglect, it can be hard to get to. Or, or just like Naomi said, it's like a muscle. It can atrophy, and it, it's going to need a, a shot. Um, you know, the, in, throughout the book of Acts, we saw that the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But then we see that they were filled with the Holy Spirit time and time and time again. And so it was a fresh and kind of a new awakening of what had already happened in them. So, uh, excellent, excellent question. Um, kind of similarly along the, the same lines, but maybe more practical. If you've lost that Holy Spirit feeling, what should you do? Exercise it. <laughs> you want to? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, first of all, faith is not a feeling. Um, you know, we love the feeling we get when we feel the presence of God. There's not a question. Um, as a child, I can remember sitting at the altar, watching people laid out and praying and seeking God. And it was so awesome. And I long for that feeling many, many times, but this plain, simple reality is faith is not a feeling. You know, I, I love Paula and dearly, and she's my wife, but every day that I come home, we don't necessarily cling to each other in love. We have many times where we coexist in our home without a feeling of that emotional uh, thing and uh, so neither is wrong you know but it's just that's the way it is with our spiritual lives as well yeah absolutely not a it's not a feeling go ahead Kenneth expound on that yes. for us and we got one more question <laughs> after this I'm glad somebody mentioned that because um, this is very this is, can be very well a point in your life where you are in a valley of growth God will he will he never leaves you he will let you test your faith, and you will not be, uh, quote, babysat with uh, the warm and fuzzy feelings you get. You will be in a position to exercise your faith and grow and learn how to feed yourself spiritually and, uh, and cling to him and not necessarily be pulled you'll do some of the heavy lifting. So you could very well be right now in a valley where a valley of growth and the enemy will tell you, you have lost your oneness with God. It's a lie. It's an absolute lie. You are in a growth spot right now. That's all. And it's good. And you'll come out and you'll have your mountaintop moment and you will have your valley moment. So prepare for them. Beautiful. Awesome advice. Well said. Um, James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And so if you're feeling distant from God, I would tell you to press in. Uh, but I would also tell you that you aren't necessarily going to feel God just because he's close. Um, sometimes you do get those Holy Spirit goosebumps like Kim talked about, and those are the coolest moments ever. Sometimes you don't. Uh, God is not a goosebump. He's not a feeling. Uh, he's a spirit. And, and so sometimes we sense and sometimes that spirit has an interaction with us in our emotions, and, and that's a cool thing, and I celebrate, and, and I'm grateful for those moments. Sometimes we don't. Uh, and so just like Leonard said with his wife, uh, you know, whether you wake up and your spouse has morning breath and, uh, you know, 
needs a shower, uh, or you wake up and you know you wake up next to a supermodel, like the love is there regardless of how spectacular that particular moment happens to be. Um, and, and so, uh, if you've lost that feeling of the Holy Spirit, I, I'd encourage you to press in, uh, press into God, and and but don't don't press in looking for a feeling, press in looking for God. Uh, and, and if you get the feeling, awesome. But if you don't, you've taking a step towards God, and that's a great thing. And the promise of Scripture is when you step towards Him, He's stepping back towards you. So whether you feel Him or not, He's, he's coming. Uh, i I got to chime in now. <laughs> you said something there that triggered it. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, so, so don't seek the feeling. You know, in the same way, Paula would love it, love it, love it, love it, if I would begin to bring her flowers again. You know, but when Paula reminds me of the desire for me to bring her flowers, it repels me from bringing flowers because now I know it's a have to instead of a a, a gift that I am giving. Law so uh, I'm not saying that God's like me, but I would be willing to say <laughs> He might feel the same way if we're seeking Him. You know, they say uh, for for His uh, what is it? His hand instead of His, hand uh, instead of his face. yeah, His hand instead of His face. So seek seek Him. And everything else is a byproduct, just a reminder. Absolutely. Last question, guys. Um, How do I know that the Holy Spirit is for me and when it's time to receive the Holy Spirit? Real quick, you ask the question, it's time. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I, I, I would venture to say each of us would agree. Yeah, it's, if you're, are at all interested, then by all means, it's time. And whether it's for you or no is whether you're Christian or no. So number one, be a Christian. <laughs> number two, if you're asking, it's time. It's, uh, I, I, and, and to, in the interest of time, I'll speak for everybody <laughs> real quick. You can tell me if it's wrong. But, I mean, none of us would go back and want to walk without the Holy Spirit. Um, having the presence of God and, and, and the, the power of the Spirit in our lives has transformed the way we live on a daily basis. Uh, you know, if you could take a picture then versus now, you would see the evidence of it in our lives. We're still broken. We still screw up. We still sin. Um, but we would like to think it might be a little bit less by having the presence of God in our lives. So by all means, it's, it's time. Absolutely. Naomi? Um, I don't know if any of you in here like gifts, but I love gifts. They're my favorite. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Jesus came down today and said, hey, you want to give? Would you be like, no, I'm just not ready for that? I mean, really? We'd be like, yeah, give it to me. So that's what it is. It's a gift. Why wouldn't you want a gift? That's it. Ask a 16, Ask a 16-year-old if they want a free car. <laughs> Ask a 33-year-old. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Haven't outgrown that. Uh, <laughs> praise God. No, absolutely. Um, fantastic gift. Fantastic um, opportunity. For, for me, my, my thought is this. Why would God give me a tool to make me stronger and deny it from you? Uh, God gives us scripture. I've got scripture. You've got scripture. God gives us the ability to pray in our, in our native language. Um, I've got that. You've got that. Everything that God gives me that will make me stronger, um, he makes available to, to all of his children, to all of his people. Um, and so I would encourage you, why, why would you not want to take that step? Why would you want to, to miss out on that? And trust me, I know, I, you know my testimony, if you were here a few weeks ago and I shared it, I waited. I had people pressuring me, don't do it for me. 
don't do it for anybody on this panel. Don't do it because, well, they told me it was a good thing to do. I mean, do it because you want more of God. Do it because you want everything that he's got for you. You want his very best for, for your life. And if you do that, um, I promise you, he, he's going to show up in your life and he's going to do something fantastic. Let's give it up for our panel one more time.